0: welcome to the border collie gig podcast i'm your host martina obsessed like you about border collies and dog training follow me to know more about this amazing breed and to learn from many inspiring dog professionals on how to make your training journey a success hey border collie geek let me tell you about my membership the collie club is my membership my online um academy and you can join it from everywhere around the world there's no um time zone you can join and watch the video from everywhere you are and you can um, join our live video either early in the morning or late in the evening in the uk depending on um, the week so we have a bit for everyone depending on your time zone we have people joining from all over the world um we have an hub Um, that counts now, um, 17 or 19, I can't remember how many modules, but you will find them on um, on the description that you'll find on the website. And we have so many videos, um, tutorial about every exercise that you can think of. So you've got recall problems, we've got it, you've got lead walking problem, we've got it. Um, You want to teach your dog a distance down, we've got that one. Um, you want to stop your dog reacting to cars. That's definitely a main um, topic about it. We have nine webinars. And every time I run a new webinar, you get to access it for free. So you don't pay any extra Webinars that I run uh, normally, so you get access to all the webinar I've recorded up to now, which are yeah probably nine. Um, you get me as a coach um, to watch your videos and give you feedback. And you can ask me any question any time of the week. Um, the more question and the more video you share, the more I can help you in your training journey. Um, I don't hold back. I give everything I can, and I problem shoot with you. Um, any type of behavior issue that you might be having with your dog Um, so join the collie club there are different options of membership whether you want to commit for longer or you want to try out for a month and decide if it is for you or not you'll find a link in the show notes to learn a bit more and I'm really hoping to see you there Hello, board colleagues and welcome to a new episode. Um, Today is question and answer. And I've got here in front of me all the questions from the last time that I posted in the group um, about this episode. So about, I try to do once a month, but sometimes I might skip it if I don't have time um, to record. Um, Normally they're quite long episodes. Um, And if I find that it gets a bit too long, I will split this in two, as I did last time. So if you don't hear your answer um, in this episode, I'm not ignoring you. Um, It's going to be in another episode. And um, there's going to be another question and answer episode coming out in July. So keep your eyes peeled on the Facebook group for this. Okay, Nikki Power. Hi there. My question relates to prey, drive and zoomies. Our colleague is not overly into toys and not overly food orientated either. She's very chill. She does love to chase, low flying birds like swallows and when overexcited can get bouncy. She can run full pelt towards you and try to jump into your arms. We use a raised knee as a kind of barrier which works if you're quick. She won't jump if the knee is up. Um, we now have a second dog, Labrador, who loves to chase ball, etc. Um, so, if I throw the ball, they will both chase. The collie will leave the lab, get it, and then chase the lab all the way back, nipping at her heels. She does know the comment leave, but this only works 50% of the time if she's on the mad one. We will suggest a prey drive ball, but that hasn't worked. Is there anything you would suggest to help us minimize this or redirect her? Our laboratory just runs intimidated in, intimated yes back to us, but she never gets hurt. However, I wouldn't want her to do it to another dog who then got a fright about her behavior or thought she was aggressive and it turned into something nasty. So, first thing is um you don't say how old is your dog which will make a big, a big difference to me because if you're talking about five months old puppy then she's not supposed to have any training yet to help with that i would not overexpose a puppy to this kind of situation if she's an older dog then to me before i even engage my dog into play with other dogs i want my dogs to have a good recall away from other dogs and ball and i would want a good stop or lie down so that i can stop my dog doing something i don't want them to do um so before we even think about this issue specific situation i want a dog to be able to call away from another dog running call away from another dog playing lie down if asked to and you say that leave works 50 percent. that's exactly what i mean you know and it's not about leave the dog doesn't know what leave means It's such a general concept. I don't teach my dogs to leave as a general concept. I might do an episode on this because, um, it's such a general concept. I teach my dogs very specific tasks. If I want my dogs to leave something, I call them away from it. If I want my dogs not to get involved into something and stop, I have a lie down at distance, you know, these are two easy tasks call away and stop. So you can manage all sorts of behavior with these two tasks. So I can stop my dog going up to another dog, I can stop my dog chasing another dog, I can stop my dog playing with another dog, I can stop my dog try to steal my other dog's ball. You know, I can I can do all sorts. My dogs, if I if I play with a ball, with all of them together, they will hurt each other and Jock will try to steal the ball or the toy off Tay's mouth constantly. And he dives in with the speed of a rocket trying to get the ball off Tay. So if I'm playing, I never play with all my dogs together for that specific reason because I don't want them to hurt each other. And they don't don't hurt each other because they want to hurt each other. They want each other because they just go as fast as possible trying to get the, you know, important resource that is their toy. Um, But if I do, then they take turns. So I ask one to lie down, And I throw the ball so the other one can catch it. Then that one comes back and brings it. And then I ask that one to lie down and I throw the ball. So toy play is generally very controlled. Toy play with colleagues that is not controlled is chaos and is dangerous. And you can't tell her not to to play like that because she's learned it now. You can only tell her to do something different. So your... um, I don't know what a prey ball is, a prey drive ball, I don't know what that is. Um, but I would train her to lie down and let him finish his, or let her, Labrador, I don't know if it's a he or her, um, finish the, the throw the ball and retrieve and then give them turns. So teaching when you have more than one dog, teaching them to take turns is a really good way to manage situation where otherwise it's chaos. Um, and you can use a raised bed for that um, so one is on the raised bed while one is play, and the other one. If you are out and about and you don't have a raised bed, then a lie down or a sit will do. A lie down for a collie and a sit for a Labrador. That's normally that's traditional because Labradors do sit for gun dog training. The collies do a down for sheep dog training. But it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, you have to get on top of um, a bit more on top of control and recall, um, so that she can get. You know, she can leave um, a dog play. And lie down or recall away while another dog is playing. Um, Diane Morris, my question relates to recall in terms of what steps we need to take to build a solid recall with our year-old rescue collie. I know we need to start in the destruction area and work up, but what else do we need to take into account? So I already suggested um to Diane to check my recall episode. I'm not going to re-repeat all my recall episode when everyone comes and asks me, how do I train my dogs in, in, you know, to, to, to come away when there are distractions, I train exactly as I train recall. That's recall. Um, the value you put into your recall training is going to allow your dog to come away from distractions. And of course, if, so I never purposefully set up a distraction training for my dogs. Destruction is life. So once my dog have good recall in low distracting environment and i know that i have 100 percent success then i might go to a place that is you know a bit more distracting but if i go to a place that's a bit more distracting my dog is back on a long line maybe so i have a management tool in place as well if my dog doesn't doesn't come when recalled but i have to say that apart from moss which i wasn't the trainer i am now because i do put so much value into my recall training and i do all my steps that you'll find on the episode so i'm not going to repeat them now my last few dogs, they've never had an issue with recall away from destruction because I don't put them into a situation where I ask them to come away from a distraction if they're not ready. So they don't learn that ignoring a recall is a possibility until I know that age, training, motivation for the reward are high enough and are the right time where if I call them, they are going to come. And I had a time where Tay was a bit, silly he wasn't listening he was running off as fast as possible and it's not that he wasn't coming back but he was coming he was taking his time and he was coming back and going off again when he went back on a long line until his brain could cope with more um listening in that environment and especially when you change environment you have to go back a step if your dog has a good recall in your usual walk you can't go to the beach where you've never been before and expect your dog to have the same type of recall because every time you go to a new environment there's new challenges new distraction. so every time you go to a new environment you take a step back and if that step back you're putting the long line back on and doing recall training in that environment first that's what you have to do and every time you change environment when your dog is young of course not when you have an adult dog when i when i take tay and jock for walks now i don't do that anymore because i know that they have a good recall and i know that yes they might be a bit more crazy the first five walks five minutes of the walk because they don't know where they are and they get very excited with exploring but i know that i can call them back from anything so i'm still allowing them to wander a bit more and then they eventually come down so yeah i hope that helps adding distraction to the training episode um leanne ward um our bella is deaf black and white, long haired, she's not overly active, in fact, fairly lazy, even though we still exercise her. She's not overly food orientated, but she's obsessed with shadows, lights, and has bitten chunks out of the plaster. We try everything, Um, distraction, crate, exercise, food, and she stops for a minute and then back again. She will be exhausted from a big play with her brother or a big walk and we'll still stare at the ceiling waiting for shadows. She's five and not getting any better. She's on meds to try to train her brain, but don't think they work very well. Can you give any suggestion we haven't done? So Leanne, it's a very complicated one. I'm not sure I can give you heh, a lot of suggestion on this one because it's a it, it's a tough one. Um, the problem I think with a deaf dog is that they are very eye orientated because that's their you know they have they have a nose. Um, and they have eyes, they don't have ears. So I think that with her, I would definitely try scent work. I would try to explore more and, and empower her nose more than her eyes. So instead of asking her to, you know, try to distract her from staring at the ceiling, I would engage her into sniffing. So try to probably and that's without of course knowing her knowing what your skills are what her training skills are um and you say that she's not food motivated which you know again we would have to go through a chat about that because I know that most dogs that I work with are not food motivated and they eventually become food motivated because we use food in a different way and if you download my uh five um top top training tools on my website which I also link every week in my group um, we talk about food on that one there is an episode about food as well on the podcast so i really suggest you to listen to those two to get a bit more of an idea of what you can do to help with food motivation but apart from that i would look into central training and try to get her into sniffing so that can she can switch off the eyes and switch on the nose more and just develop that nose um several rose car My nearly three-year-old barks at other dogs when we take her for a walk. No amount of distraction seems to stop her. Any suggestion? Yes, Sarah. I have a lot of suggestions. Um, This is my 50, 60, 70% of the training I do with dogs is reactivity training, especially when other dogs are involved. Um, There is a few episodes um, on the podcast already that discuss um, reactivity. I believe um, I have a few other ones in place to record with gas trainers so i will do that so basically what you have to do is is not about distracting your dog it's about building behaviors that help your dog offering alternative responses but also changing the way she feels about dogs so she might be barking at dogs out of frustration she might be barking at dogs out of fear she might be barking at dogs out of being anxious to what could happen if an unknown dogs come close to her. So what she feels at the moment is why it's important is not what she does. So we have to change how she feels about it. And then we, ch- and we change that by um, putting, putting in place some management tools and training tools that help her coping with what comes to you on walks. Um, I know I, I should be doing an episode on this. I can't really answer you in short terms, but yes, changing emotional states. So look into um the look at that game. Um from Leslie McDevitt is what I would normally do for um reactivity training. We talk about that a lot on the group. I talk about that a lot. I'm planning to have Leslie herself talking about it as well. Um I have a webinar on the look at that game, which I am going to, if I remember, link in the show notes of this episode Um, and it's teaching her to change the way she feels about dogs and is helping her to change about how she feels about dog and helping her to change the way she responds and she tells you that she's scared about dogs at the moment she's barking because she's shouting either frustration or fear and she has to you know ask you help in a different way and it's a long process; it's not a short one. Um, of course, if you need any more help, um, you know I'm here. Um, but definitely do it in a positive way, um, using food toys, using distance, using um, management techniques to help her, not having to shout how much how, how bad she feels about dogs. Um, distance is your first first friend. Keep the distance and work at distance. But before you even think about working her. At distance, you want to try to um, uh, build some skills that are going to be useful at home when there's no distraction and when there's no um, dogs, no, no triggers. So it's not about distracting, distracting her, it's about teaching her skills so that she can make a different decision to barking crazy at dogs i'm sorry if i can't be more specific than that apart from the look at that game which you can research online easily it's it's just that there's a lot into it that goes into it that is not as easy to explain like this um carol highgate hi thanks for the q section you're welcome carol my border collie has started lunging at passing dogs i find it difficult to walk um away to a safer place as it is not as he's doing that weight lying down position as soon as he sees the other dog what is the best approach as i'm trying everything but i'm worrying i'm now giving mixed signals to him he's 11 months old and i have realized i'm not socializing as much as i could but is difficult he's a difficult walker and still has these usual collie traits: car bikes runner chasing he has recently got a little better with cars, but still working on progress. He's not been attacked by another dog, but had a fair few barking at him, so I'm quite close for people that can't control the dog or fleet. He has always been a bit unsure about other dogs previously. He's always done the lay down prey position, but in the last two months he's now lunges with aggressive behaviour and I can't grasp what has changed. I don't know if he's protecting me in some ways, as his previously guarding issue with food and socks at the beginning, eight to, and twenty weeks from eight to twenty weeks, or other dogs are just too close to his base. He's super focused and if food orientated, but is not distracting him at all. The method I'm trying at the moment is kneeling down in front of him because he won't move, and then distracting him with a treat until the other dog has passed. It seems to work, but not sure if this is the best positive method. He has many reactive issues, but this is the This is the one that topped the list to deal with. I take him places to walk away from cars, bikes, and other dogs best I can. I very rarely have him off lead, only when I'm sure it's safe of all above. I've owned previously bought a collie, so I thought I knew what I was letting myself in for. So, um, Carol again, similar things that I said to Rose, I would look into the look at that game, I would teach him some good, I I, before I even, you know, ask my dogs to ask my, the reactive dogs I work with to not react, I always put in place also some management tools. One of them is a U-turn, where the dog learns that when you say a specific word, you're going to turn around and walk the opposite direction. So, um, look into U-turns and I would definitely, um, teach you u-turn i would always I, I, you can you teach a u-turn with food you can teach you turn with toys is just the way you teach him to come away with you i would also look into teaching not just a recall but a plush turn which is a one of my recall training exercises which again um you can go back to the recall training episode and i would definitely look into the look at that game because um the lie down is the way he sort of tries to control the situation. So you have to get in before he does that. And the only way you can do it, if you have strong behaviors that help him not lying down because he doesn't have the need to, and he can come away with you. And you say that he's very food motivated, but food doesn't work. Because again, as I said to Sarah Rose before, is not about the... um, it's not about distracting him. It's about teaching him an alternative behavior, and that sometimes has to be worked away from the situation that you are in. You have to work on that before. So have a look and look at that game. Have a look on new turns, and um, yeah, and and have a good way of teaching him to turn away from something. And that's what we call the whip turn Pattern game into the control unleashed program. Um. Next question, Lynn Gibson, my five months old pup has regressed in his training and now ignores his recall and I started getting nippy to the point I have to make sure he's in the house when the postman or the gardener comes comes because he barks really aggressively at them and I'm worried he'll bite them. He's not food orientated so I'm difficult to get him to listen. Okay, so I've answered already about the food orientation part previously. Five months old is regressed with his training because he's in a very difficult part of his life where he's finished eating entering his adolescent well entering his puberty as well so it's going to be a lot of pain in his mouth and a lot of dogs really really struggle with that pain um and sometimes you have to help them pass that time um, some dogs get very, very upset about teething. Not all of them, but some do. So the nipping is probably because of that. Is teething is sore. So give him a lot of frozen stuff to chew. Put like carrots or you know bananas, something in the in the in the freezer. And make sure that they're frosted and give it to him. Put some towels, tea towel in the freezer. Make sure they're frozen. Give it to be frozen so to help him with his mouth. Um, the fact that ignoring his recall at five months old i wouldn't put that on him it's too early to have a good recall at five months old my dogs at five months old are still in training for recall so i don't expect them to have a good recall so if they can't listen to me they're on a long line and if they you know if if the long line is too much then they're not exposed to a situation where they can't you know they lose they lose completely their brain so um for everyone guys and we're going to talk about that um because we have a webinar um well by the time i release this that we already had that webinar so i hope that you've been on it but it's going to be available after as well um you want you know five months old i'm not expecting a puppy to have a good recall so um long line so he doesn't he can't completely ignore you and he can't run off um if he if he if he's nippy with people then you have a bigger problem than puppy teething. Um, Postman and gardener, oh, he bark really aggressively at them and I'm worried you'll bite them. So at the moment, until you find someone to help you, and I'm happy to help you, Lynn, if you want to call call with me, um, we don't have him exposed to gardener and postman. You have to make sure that he's not there so he can't keep repeating that behavior. Yeah, so he's probably overwhelmed at the moment. He's probably maybe scared. Um, Could be guard in the house yes possibly um whatever the behavior is i wouldn't have him in that situation at the moment so he needs to be away while you're working on focus attention calm and then gradually when you have all those things in place pattern games look at that game then you gradually introduce him to situation but it has to be done in a way that is structured and not just the puppy is off after you've done a month's training, he's on a lead, he's on his bed, he's calm when the gardener comes and he plays the look at that game, looking at the gardener. There's a lot of work to do, which I can't go through, but that's that's the way I would go. Um, so, yeah, shout out if you need help, Lynn, uh, because we can definitely do this. I've done it millions of times. You're not the only one. <laughs> There's a lot of others like you um, with similar problem with colleagues. Um, I've got time, hopefully, for one more question. Um, and then the 30 minutes cuts off. Um, probably, you know, I can carry on recording. But um, Sally Ann Evans, fear based aggression towards visitor coming to the house. We have tried every trick in the book. We spent 10K on a garage conversion. So he still has his own room when you have people coming or weather... when have people coming or whether. All he does now is bark and bark until he's out of the room. It's settled when he knows nobody else is in the house. We adore our pup, but it's got to the point where we have avoiding having friends and family visit. So similar problem um, that we discussed with Lynn. Um, we have a few students in the colica club that have similar issues. And the way I would work is to teach first a good protocol for relaxation. So the dogs learn that being on a bed when something happens is positive and is good. I would teach, I don't know what tricks you tried in the book, but I would go through all the control and leash program, which I teach to all my face-to-face and online students. I would um, help him with very short visits initially of people that come around just to help your training. And I think that sometimes shutting dogs away makes them worse. So it's individual dogs that we have to take into consideration. Um, sometimes having a baby gate when the dog can see but you're training you are in the room with the dog training while people are coming in so the dog is not completely shut away it's better some other dogs is better if they don't see so every dog is different but i would work very similar to what i've said to lynn so i'm not going to repeat that um so Sally, if you haven't paid attention then (laughs) go back rewind and pay attention to that um Oh, I saw that Emma answered to you. So Emma has been working with me uh, on the academy. So um, on the college club. So um, yeah. Um, So Emma is one of my students that has similar problems. And again, with Ozzy, we worked on teaching him to uh, relax on his bed and offer relaxed behavior first. And then very gradually, we started to introduce people into the house where he was in his relaxation state. And we worked to look at that game and... You know very very gradually initially the person is just there doing nothing and then they start um you know maybe talking maybe staying there a bit longer so it needs to be a very very gradual introduction but again um sally i don't know what you've tried if you have tried all these things uh, then um yeah we have if not there's a lot of things we can try um, I'm going to put for everyone a link to my contact page. So if any of you would like to know more about each individual, you know, things I've talked about and have a chat about your specific dog, you can reach out and I can book you in for a call. Uh, my consultation, my initial consultation, which is 30 minutes, it's free and we can just chat about your dog and see what kind of things we can try that you haven't tried yet. Okay, so... I'm going to stop this episode and then carry on in a new episode with the rest of the question cause, um, so that yeah, you have, um, otherwise it gets too long and then you might lose your concentration. I would definitely, I know I would, I would definitely. So if you haven't had your answer yet, hang in there, you will come in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Border Collie Geek podcast. If you want to know more about my work and how I can help you with your Border Collie, visit www.dattledoacademy.com or follow me on Facebook and Instagram.